Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And hey, welcome. This is the 12th Man Rising Happy Hour Podcast, as we just said pre-pro. It's not really, it's the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. Todd is with me. Todd, how are you? I'm fine. I don't know why I say Todd is with me. We're always we're always together. Yes. We're, you we know, we're, together. we're we're a couple. We're not really a Even couple, but we're bros, but not like the we're movie bros. that's coming out this fall. Yeah. Different kind of bros. Other bros. Anyway, yes, I'm I'm yeah. fine. I'm, I'm laughing because of pre-post stuff. Yeah, I'm laughing because Which... it's like I couldn't remember the name of the show as I started the intro, and then I realized oh, I might as well go with what we were just talking about pre-pro because you know you get a few beers in, and it's like I can't remember what I'm talking about anyway. People will know this when they're listening to the podcast, and they like get about yes. twenty twenty minutes in. Thank you for listening. Twenty minutes in, and they're like, "Oh, this show. Why is Lee slurring his words? Like, is he is he not smart? Well, I am not smart. But by twenty sure. minutes in, I'm usually kind of, you know, I'm not yes, really. They also not. want. And about 20 minutes in, that's when we usually start talking about the Seahawks. So then they that's oh, true. okay, this is a Seahawks podcast. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I've got two comments. Kevin, <laughs> Neither Ke- about the Seahawks. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Bacon, right? So Kevin, Kevin Bacon, Bacon yeah. I really like Kevin Bacon. And there's a show like on Showtime. Okay. What's that? I like crispy bacon, but extra crispy, crispy bacon. bacon. Canadian bacon. Yeah. Canadian bacon um, is very good. Yeah, Kevin Canadian bacon. That's his full name. But, uh. It, it's I've never seen it to be honest. I've never seen Canadian Bacon, believe it or not. It's actually not that good a movie, but uh, you know, with, whatever. I wonder if Joe Montana likes it. Anyway, <laughs> that's what he should have said. He should have turned around your cross and been like, "Is that Canadian Bacon?" Be like, "What?" <clears throat> Anywho, just Google it. You'll know what we're talking about. So, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> he's on. He's on the show. He's on this show called City on a Hill. Uh, on Showtime. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen it? I have, I have seen like the first season and yeah, maybe it's, a few episodes it's not bad. more. It's not bad. No, it's quite entertaining. Yeah. And I mean, the acting on it is great. I mean, Kevin Bacon's always good. But uh, here's my thing about Kevin Bacon. I think he's always good anyway. But he seems yeah, I, the, ol- the older he gets, he seems to be m- playing more smarmy characters, right? Is it? Yes. And he's good at it. He's not bad at it. But I, he's and maybe he. 
Yeah, and maybe he's like, oh, I don't want to be the Footloose guy, but that was thousands of years ago, and he hasn't been that guy, and he's been good in other stuff, like Mystic River he's fantastic in, right? Yeah. And and, and uh, Stir of Echoes, which he's not the bad guy, but it's that's a complicated character as well. But do, do you think Kevin Bacon, I, I don't know if this is buying, tying in the Seahawks stuff. It's week one coming up, by the way. Anyway, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> do you think he's like intentionally intentionally choosing those roles to get away from how he used to be a thousand years ago? I think he is. I mean, he's played, he's played a, 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 uh, pedophile. He's played a murderer. Um, played murderers. Well, I didn't see that movie. What was that? What's the one movie? It's got oh, a, a Christian Slater. In it. one where, uh, that one I can't remember, but I know he plays one the, called the woodsman where he is. Uh, he's a pedophile who was in prison for like 10 years and he's released and bad things happen. And everyone of course thinks it's him. I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> gravitating towards not such a savory character, like Sid got a hill. Not that he's a, well, yeah, okay. He's a bad person, but he's not, it's, there's a rich palette to that character. Ooh, yeah, he's complicated. Yeah, very complicated, and and not in the redeemable uh, way that of some of the people in Mad Men. He's he's pretty much irredeemable in City on the Hill, <laughs> but it's a really interesting character, and it's a very realistic character. There are people like that. He's not straight up evil at all, but his moral compass is like someone's got a magnet on it with suckers just spinning all the time because he's screwed yeah. up. Yeah. I, I definitely think he's he's going for that. Those are more fun roles anyway. Than just, yeah, which, you know, which goody goody type, so. brings me to my point. Russell Wilson. Based I knew you were going there. <laughs> based moral on what compass. said. That's right, moral compass. I mean, I, I'm i not saying Wilson is a bad dude, because he's not. I don't know him personally at all, but just, you know, right. he goes to the, the Seattle Children's Museum. He did that every Tuesday. He's not a bad guy. But he is extremely... And maybe there's nothing wrong with this, but he's extremely self-serving, right? So he wanted to get out of Seattle. He got out of Seattle. But some of the things he said in the offseason, like, oh, I don't have to carry the team anymore, blah, blah, blah. As we talked about before, he didn't have to. But so we have week one coming up between Kevin Bacon. A lot of people don't know that. Kevin Bacon against the Denver Broncos. Seahawks aren't playing. It's just Kevin Bacon and his friends. Other, He's not from Boston, but that show takes place in Boston. Who are Kevin Bacon's friends? Does he have friends? I guess Kara Sigil is his friend. I have no idea where I'm going with this. Everybody knows Kevin Bacon's friend. I I feel bad for Kevin Canadian Bacon. He lost his only friend, John Candy. Where the hell am I going? Oh, so anyway. (laughs) um, So so Monday night, in all seriousness, Monday night. Let's let's get really serious, really serious here. Monday night, uh, week one. I I honestly and I I'm doing this Q and A with predominantly Orange, who's the fan sided Broncos site, and they were like they, they sent me the article comes out that they sent me tomorrow with their answers. Um, tomorrow being whatever day you're listening to this, the day after, and they uh, you know I ask them ask them who who do you think is going to win, and they were like I don't think it's going to be close. Well, I think it's going to be close because it's the NFL. But in my response back to them, same kind of question: who wins and why? My 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 answer was I think it's a close game, but part of that was like I have literally no idea how twelves are going to react to Russell Wilson running onto the field in the Broncos uniform. Do you? Mm, I I don't. And this is 
this is a terrible cop. Hey, this this is a terrible cop out. But I picture it's going to be a very mixed reaction because a lot of twelves are going to cheer him for everything he's done for the team because he's done a lot for the team. I mean, obviously. And I think a lot of twelves are going to boo him because he left the team. He forced his way out, and he's been. Like you said, he's been kind of running his mouth about, well, I carried the team and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me because I. No, it's I know what you're looking for. He did. He carried the team. He carried the team all the way to a either first or second game of the playoffs loss. That's what he did. (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's an NFL commentator and I can't think of who it was because I don't really prepare. for So it was. I don't read anything Joe Buck says, so it wasn't Joe Buck. But we don't we don't was, prepare. Sorry to interrupt. We, we, we don't prepare for the show. We don't even know if the Seahawks are still in Seattle. They could go in a, to be in Oklahoma City for all. That's true. That's true. Like the no, I'm not going to go there. But he said that we're going to find out this season. Did Russell Wilson carry the Seahawks, or did the defense of the Seahawks carry Russell Wilson? Because as the defense degraded over time, and this is basically what the guy said, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said, as the, as the defense got worse, the team's overall performance got worse. So, you know, which was it? If Russell Wilson was really carrying the team, like you just said, why were they exiting the playoffs earlier than, than usual when they had the Legion of Boom? So we'll see what happens Monday night. I think, again, I think it's going to be a mixed reaction. I picture... I think it's probably going to be more positive reaction to, to Wilson coming out. Although, frankly, if 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 there's 80,000 people booing him, I, that would be perfectly fine. I don't think they should, but I'm okay with that. I mean, he did force his way out of the team, so okay. And he's the opposing quarterback. You know, after the game, sure. hopefully, you know, they cheer him and, and people are asking for autographs. That would be cool. That would be classy. And I think Seattle fans are pretty classy, I mean, especially compared to some organizations like the Jets, which I won't mention. The Jets, other than one person, their fans are horrible. Uh, <laughs> hi, Ted. <clears throat> so, you know, maybe if he comes out for warm-ups and they cheer him, that would make sense. But once he comes out on the field for the game and they boo him, that also makes sense. I mean, that's why that's the worst cop up answer I've ever given, I think. But uh, Kevin, Kevin I Bacon would stay see. after the game to sign autographs. He would. And he would sign it for six people and then they would sign for six people. And mm-hmm. before you know it, they're all using Clairol hair color. Um, no, not Clairol. Six Sorry. degrees anyway, of Russell Wilson. Six degrees of Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's. I'm not sold that he's going to take, as we've said. I'm not sold that he's going to take Denver, you know, to the promised land at all. I don't even know if he's going to take him to the playoffs because that's now that's the new toughest division in the NFL easily. Yeah. And and they play know, they the NFC West coach. this year, which besides hey, yeah, the Seahawks so. is every every team. I mean, the Seahawks, Seahawks might be good too, but we know every other team should be good in the NFC West. Every other team had a winning record last year, you know. I, well, hell, they all went to the playoffs last year. So, what, do the Cardinals count? Do they really count as going to the play? I mean, it's like, <laughs> they, I mean, they might as well have Russell Wilson and Cliff Kingsbury on the same team because they fell in the second <laughs> half together. Yeah, I was just telling a, a 
friend of mine who was like doing his fantasy draft is like, yeah, Ted, go ahead and pick up Kyle Murray. And then like halfway through the season, make sure you trade him. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sold at all that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs, let alone. I'm not sold that they're going to win the game Monday night. And as a certain brilliant writer for 12thmanrising.com pointed out, Russell Jake. Wilson doesn't know doesn't know a lot of the players on defense. He he knows one of the corners, that's if Sidney Jones plays. We don't even know if he's going to be starting. He doesn't know either of the rookies. He doesn't know Artie Burns. You know, so he he's he's not going to be familiar with some with several of these players that he's going to try to pick on. So it'll be interesting to see and he's not familiar with the scheme of Clint Kirk either. I didn't even think about the and, Artie Burns thing. I know what you're talking you're talking about this article I wrote but I totally forgot. He right. didn't know Artie Burns, but he doesn't either. He may not be Burns may not be good, but he doesn't know him either way. And and the, the, of course the tricky thing is is like, and he knows he's seen a lot of defenses. Obviously, it's not like we're, he's not the rookie, so we're not saying it's like oh he won't know what to do because he's never seen these guys before. But it's the familiarity, and that makes a difference. And He's not familiar with this Seahawks defense. It's not like they have the same defense as they did last season or the season before the season before. It's like typically that would give him a big advantage, but he doesn't have that that same advantage, not to that extent. Most of the defenders, yeah, they're the same. They're going to be playing a different system from what he's 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 playing a different system, too. Exactly. And, you know, he's he hadn't had any preseason games. And there was an article in there talking about you know, how, why Denver is doing that. And a lot of teams are doing that. They're, they're not even playing the starters at all. It's a long season and, you know, does it really matter if you, and no one is saying that like just coming out and saying, it doesn't matter if you're 15 and two or 14 and three, but that's basically what they're saying is like, you know, we've got a few games to get going. And the coach of Denver's coach literally did say, it's like, it matters how you finish the season. We don't really care how you start that, how you start. Um, you might regret that if, you know, you, you come to the end of the season and you have 11 wins and damn, 12 would have yeah. gotten you in the playoffs. But and I'm Heck, not saying we, see, we see that in baseball, right? We see it like you play 162 games, but if you won one more game, you're in the playoffs. And it yeah. could have been a game you should have won and lost in right. April. Yeah. And even though there's one more game in the NFL, every game has a much magnified, much more magnified importance than than baseball. It's still never so good. Oh, they, they changed the NFL season now. It's 162 games. I don't know. I didn't know that if you saw make, that. I did not. I missed that. That's that's a really of a good move. You know, a lot of the games. If they particularly back to back. They should play doubleheader NFL games. That would be great. That's right. It? Yeah, 162 games in 158 days. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but. <clears throat> You know, we'll see how that strategy goes. And they're far from the only team who doesn't who doesn't play any of their key players in preseason. You know, just, okay, the reps that they get in practice, that's going to make the difference. We don't need preseason games. And I'm not saying this wrong at all, but we'll see yeah. how that all plays out. Because like you said, it's a new system for him. It's all new players. You know, how good is his not yeah, come around. We don't know. I mean, there's a lot of is glorified. They're glorified practices, really, at this point in preseason, yeah. right? So, so yeah, Russell Wilson hasn't played in the preseason 
at all. Um, but neither has Quandre Diggs or Jamal Adams or Jordan Brooks. Right. I mean, we don't know, even if we knew, if this was the second year after Wilson had left, I don't know if we'd know week one of next year exactly what's going to happen, right? Because it's like, we don't we don't know. Oh, what yeah. the we have no idea what Seahawks are going to look like. We hope that they're better than they were in preseason, but you can't take anything from preseason, as we've talked about before. They might be fantastic. Um, you know, Rashad Penny hasn't played in preseason, rightfully so. So I, I don't know. I, I, which is, my, which is why I think they've got a really good chance at beating Denver. I really do. Yeah, and my my hope is that we've been kind of like. I mean, the Seahawks wouldn't intentionally do this because it's preseason and you can't you can't do that in preseason. But my hope is that we've been kind of like, oh, this preseason, we're going to be really bad. And it's like, ah, nope, it's completely different once the real games start. And that's that's just as much. I mean, well, and it is. It, it is. Yeah. And there's so much I mean, talent. It's young talent on the Seahawks team. And it could yeah. be second year players or, or third year players. Jordan Brooks third year and he's great. And. Cody Barton hasn't really had a chance to play when we've talked about all that stuff, but it's like, right. we, we might see a hungrier, which is what Pete Carroll said this off season, a hungrier yep. uh, and, and more motivated Seahawks team because that's exactly right. what they are. There's, there's, and, and the naysayers, you know, like Niners fans or Rams fans or, you know, any team that's facing the Seahawks, they're going to look at it and say, well, the reason they're starting a lot of rookies is because they didn't have, rookies are starting because they shouldn't be except the players to replace them were so bad that's the only reason that they're going with rookies and okay some to some extent there's truth to that right because just like you said cody barton wasn't starting because bobby wagner was in front of him but no team has a bobby wagner at every position in front of the rookies keeping them from playing i mean that's a first battle hall of famer that was ahead of him of course cody barton wasn't playing but they were comfortable enough to let him go instead of bring him back because they thought this guy can play. Same thing with the season before. They were comfortable enough letting KJ Wright go. It's this, I really do think that these rookies and, you know, he's playing it close. He being Pete, he's playing it close to the best. He's not going to name his starters, which he, why should he? Yeah. He's like, why, why, why tell them? It's like, okay. These are the guys you can prep for. I know you only have film on them, but go ahead and watch this all weekend. It's like, why should he tell them that? So there's a well, lot of the, rumors. The fear, I've seen is, the, the fear is that he doesn't know because he he doesn't know. But I mean, and and like nobody's performed well enough to start. But yeah, we people people will believe that. But he's an NFL coach, and there's no NFL coach. I don't care if you're the worst coach in the league, and he is by far from being the worst coach in the league. Even though some people will want you to believe that. But right. even if he was the worst coach in the NFL, he knows who's going to start week one. He may not know how they're going to do, but he knows how they're going to start. He knows they're going to start. Yeah, there have been articles put out that, that he's named the rookies cornerbacks as both starters. And he's not done that. It's like, could they both start? Yeah. Yeah, I apologize for that article. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't actually start, write though. that. Sure. No, he did not. But we know Cross is starting. We know Lucas is starting. I mean, that's pretty bizarre to have two starting. Like we talked about on the last show, it's like the last time a team had two starting rookie tackles and could very well have two rookie corners. I mean, I guarantee you that's never happened. 
last year's Rams team. Don't don't look that up. (laughs) I made that up. That's one reason why I really, really like Pete Carroll. Because, you know, most coaches wouldn't have the guts to do it. Like, I'm not starting a bunch of rookies, especially two tackles. Are you crazy? I was like. Yeah, and both both of them look really good, too. That's the thing. They have. They have looked really good. Lucas has actually looked better than Cross. Agreed. And 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 Cross probably long term is still probably going to be the better player, but I, they're both playing. They're neither of those guys are playing like rookies. They're not. Yeah. And Woolen, here's the thing. Woolen is he's is he going to get beat? Of course he is. So will Bryant on occasion. But every, at the same time, every NFL cornerback will get beat. Yeah, at some point. sure. Especially as rookies. But they're both. One is enough of a freak. He's going to make plays. He's got no business making. He has a special coach. And well, he does have a special. He does have a special coach. Let's talk about that a little bit. Who is his special coach, Lee? His special coach is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Um, <laughs> I don't know that. Um, no, it's uh, yeah. We we can we can well, and we don't know what. So we do know Richard Sherman, former Seahawk, great. Should be Hall of Famer Richard yeah. Sherman, cornerback yeah, Richard sure. Sherman, ha, did spend time in training camp this offseason with the Seahawks. Showed up to, but he he has a podcast and he said that, you know he he'd be willing to impart his wisdom, great wisdom, on Tariq Woolen, um, and I I I'm sure he's already done that because he helped out in training camp, right? Maybe there's he's meaning a little bit more one on one coaching, but. If you are Tariq Woolen, and I know Woolen just from watching him this offseason would be, yo, hell yeah, I'm Richard Sherman asking, yeah, of course, yeah, call me right now, here's my number. But um, but if anybody in any cornerback in the history of the NFL is going to coach Tariq Woolen, Richard Sherman is the guy, right? So, yeah. so and Sherman and Woolen have the same size. Woolen's faster. Sherman probably yep. has maybe more football smarts. I'm just basing that on his play. We haven't wow. seen Woolen play. But yeah, Sherman was ridiculously, uh, as far as, well, as far as smarts, period, goes. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Just like Doug Baldwin. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. But football smarts, this guy knew. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. How to play that position is as good as any corner... Okay, maybe yeah. outside of Ronnie Lott, but as good as any corner really in the history of the game. I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. He knows that damn position. Yep. Now here's here's my thing with with Sherman. I, I to me, and this is just a fan's point of view. Sherman would be a great personal coach for Woolen because the technique oh, would be taught and everything. I also have a feeling, and and I wrote an article that inferred, hey, Richard Sherman wants to help the Seahawks beat Russell Wilson. And I kind of threw that title out as a joke, but I personal feeling from what I know about Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson is that Richard Sherman, uh, again, I'm putting words in his mouth that maybe he wouldn't actually say or mean, 
So maybe I'm off, but just based on the history of these two players, especially in Seattle, I don't think I am. Richard Sherman, I think, would personally love on the football field to kick Russell Wilson's ass. Would he not? So knowing that he helped a player who defended Russell Wilson and did something great, I think would give him personal joy. When Tariq Woolen picks off, not if, but when Tariq Woolen picks off Russell Wilson to seal the win for the Seahawks, when will Richard Sherman stop talking about that? Never. That, Sherman will probably run down exactly. on the field. I guarantee yeah, he where, will. Where's this guy coming from? Like he would sides. never stop talking about that. And it won't be like, oh, look what I did. He's going to say, look what my boy did. Look what my man Tariq did. That's what it is. He would be literally screaming his name, and he would have some choice words for Russell, and they would sleep. I think uh, if there were two Seahawks, sure. I yeah. guarantee. I absolutely think it's it's personal. Yeah, I, I do too. If, you're, if you're, breaking up old, a, you're breaking up just a little bit, so sorry to interrupt you. But um, I think if there's two Seahawks okay. who would absolutely <laughs> love to, it would Richard Sherman would be one, and they would just love to come yeah. back and see, you know impart their wisdom on the team right i think cam chancellor would be the other one and i and i think if if you're gonna have a two and a half it's adrian peterson all those guys should come back as coaches in my oh, opinion yeah, for sure absolutely doug ball i would love to have doug baldwin come back but i think doug baldwin not that the other guys aren't busy but doug baldwin is like crazy busy. busy yeah so i would i would love uh, hell half of the 2013 team should come back but those three i would love to see those three and especially cam i mean oh my god please cam come back but i what i was trying to say before my internet got wonky is if denver wasn't the opening game would richard sherman be there helping out the the defensive backs the corners yes he would would he be uh targeting (laughs) in a way Tariq and working with him specifically yeah, hell yeah, because he basically he's a faster Richard Sherman. Of course he'd be working with him specifically because he sees some of those same skills. And, and let's remember, Tariq has been playing corner for two years. Yeah, just like so, Sherman did in college. Yeah, Receiver to exactly. cornerback. They both had the yep. same path. So probably he sees a lot of himself, duh, in Tariq Woolen. Would he be working as much with him if it wasn't Denver? Maybe not. He'd still be there. but. I guarantee you, you're right. It's like, absolutely. It's like a chance to see Russell Wilson get embarrassed by the Seahawks defense. You know, he's all about that. And not like it's something vital and and brutal. And it's like, he wants them. He wants vengeance or some kind of crap like that. It's just on the field, but he's, he's still competitive. He'd still love to play. It's like, of course he wants to see his team, the Seahawks come back because who, who did he come back to help? Did he come back to help the 49ers or did he come back to help the Seahawks? Right. We know who his team is. He would love to see his team just snuff Wilson's game. Not snuff Wilson, but snuff his game. It's like, how much would he be? Uh, he would, like I said, if, I said if, didn't mean to say it. When <laughs> he picks him off and seals the win, he will never stop talking about it. If they pick off Wilson three times, he will never stop talking about it 
he won't ever stop talking about whatever he wants to talk about anyway. And he shouldn't because he's when it comes to football, the man is brilliant. He's brilliant in a lot of subjects, but especially when it comes to football. Yeah. Like, we just talked like, about just like Kevin Bacon's character in City on a Hill. Brilliant <laughs> guy, a little bit flawed. He's Richard not Sherman anything was, like Kevin Bacon's character. Richard Sherman, please don't sue us. You're nothing like Kevin Bacon's character in City on a Hill. I don't think you've committed any crimes and gotten away with them. Um, well, I, I know, but they both have that same. And they're still. Anyway. Shouldn't have said that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next three hours will be a, a tristice on. Uh, not tristice? Is that a word? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's okay. character in City on a Hill. Didn't Brought to you by Mutual of Omaha. <laughs> so, do you think our mighty Seahawks, and we both have majority ownership stakes in the Seahawks, I don't know how that works, but we do. Well, no, the um, Packers. We have, because anybody can buy into the Packers. Yeah, that's true. Sad, isn't it? Hmm. It's just sad that they'll take anybody. Um, do you think that uh, they will win? What is your score prediction? Give me a score, <clears throat> but only half time. So if if people go to twelfth, it's funny because if people go to twelfth Moon Rising and look at my bold predictions article, I'm not saying to do it because it's poorly written. But if you want to twelfthmoonrising.com, I, th- I actually have the the Seahawks predicted to win, and I think it's 29-27 with a late touchdown. <clears throat> and I think that late touchdown is uh, Geno Smith, uh, T- DK uh, Metcalf. But I, I listening to you talk, I was thinking how perfect. Perfect, truly perfect of an ending would it be if the Seahawks had a lead and Tariq Woolen intercepts Russell Wilson on Denver's last drive of the game. Like yeah. that would just change the the rest of the season may still be mediocre, but right. but for hope for the future, if you saw that happen, I mean, I can't imagine the stadium if that happened. That would be insane changes the narrative of the season and it might and, well and it changes their record from 0-1 to 1-0 which is nice too uh but they're wearing action green how often have they worn action green eight times before that they they don't they don't just they don't break that color out for just random games and it's not a division opponent it's not late season it's like how much does it's not st patrick's day <laughs> It is, or St. Swithin's Day. In, in the grand scheme of things, this this game doesn't. This is like one of the least important games you could possibly have. It's the first game. It's like okay, mm-hmm. I, like the coach of the Broncos said, it's like you know, you want to you want to continue to get better as you go along. The first few games, do they really? You know, of course they matter, but not as much as games later. It's not even a conference opponent. So this of all the 17 games, not very important, except it's the first game, and except it's Russell Wilson. This game, the fact that he's that Pete says it's like wearing action green tells me how important he sees this game. Right. He wants his team and he wants that stadium. He wants the 12s absolutely going ballistic. How he said, how loud would they be when they win the game? How loud are they going to be when Russ is brings up the Broncos to the line on third down or on fourth down? Yep. Like <laughs> Good that point. place is going to be insane. And it's not like Denver has the University of Georgia defense. I mean, <laughs> they might be, they That's might true, have they a good defense, but. Yeah. 
Very did you true. watch um did you watch my Carolina Tar Heels play Appalachian State? Did you see any of that? Uh, <laughs> was that a game? I, I watched it. I watched I the whole thing. And I've watched good. I've watched Carolina twice this year because I you know if they're on I'm watching. And the first first game was uh, they didn't really play anybody. Appalachian State's a good team. Um, yes. normally. The that was yeah. That was <laughs> probably the wackiest game. I mean, it's funny because if you look at the like the fourth quarter, it's like, oh, Appalachian State won that fourth quarter, forty to twenty-two, and it's like, yeah, they scored forty points. Think about it. Carolina scored twenty-two. There were sixty-two points in the fourth quarter. And Carolina got called. I mean, I'm being a little bit of a homer. There were about three calls, literal, literally three calls. That went against their defense. It kept drives alive for Appalachian State. I mean, they were bad calls. But Carolina also, man, the defense was sucked. But um, but they 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 got an onside kick and ran it. But it was just such a wacky, ridiculous game. They got an onside kick near the end of the game and ran it in for a touchdown. And I kept literally screaming at the TV, "Go get down, get down! Don't run the ball back for a touchdown. Yeah. You, you can run the clock out." Even even Mac Brown said that after the game, right. but I, it, I've never watched a game, and I don't want the Seahawks game to be like this. I mean, if they win week one, it'll be different. But I've never watched a game where my the team I wanted to win won that it felt so much like a loss. Like even <laughs> when they scored that touchdown in the onside kick, I was like, "Great, that's a touchdown. That sucks." Because it was like they can't. It was. The most right. ridiculous game I've ever seen in my life. It was just like they, for people who don't know, yeah, it was forty to twenty-two. You know, Appalachian State led twenty-one to seven in the first quarter. Then yeah. Carolina scored thirty-five straight points. <laughs> and it was Absolutely. just like one of the most bizarre games ever. Yes, um, I, I just had to vent there for a second. It has nothing to do with the Seahawks. But I mean, if the if the Seahawks win the game. 62 to 60, I'm good with it. Or 60 to 50, whatever. And ended up being, I lost count of scores because it was happening so quickly in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go out on the limb and predict that the Seahawks will not win 62 to 60. How insane I, would that be? Like Geno Smith throws for six touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, they're all to DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Like, what the hell? Is <laughs> exactly. <you> <laughs> They both have over 200 yards total offense. <laughs> exactly. What the hell happened? Somebody's hurt. They're literally just getting that much productivity out of DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Like Rashad Penny runs it 20 times for 42 yards. And then Travis Homer has like 11 catches for 146 yards or something like that. There you He's go. like, I'm going Alvin Kamara all over this crap. <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see how well obviously how everybody plays but like you said it's like some of the star players we have literally not seen in preseason uh lockett and metcalf we've seen for i don't know what the total number of plays is but i'm guessing it's under 20 for lockett and maybe oh, under- i think i actually think i can so it was it was probably four for lockett in week one right no week two and yeah. then and then he played that first series when he was clearly the best player on the field, right? For like six plays, five or six plays. So he and Metcalf's played three. He's played three downs, I think. 
Yeah. So. And we, we haven't seen Adams. We haven't seen Diggs. No reason right. to. We haven't seen Jordan Brooks. We haven't yeah. seen LJ Collier. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> and it'll it'll be interesting to see how uh, not only the stars, how they play. Interesting. Of course, it's going to be interesting. But I'm interested to see how when they come in, when DJ Dallas and Homer come in, because we will see them. It's interesting how they play because they've been playing a lot against second string players. So I want to see how they're going to do against first string. Yeah. You know, hopefully, and that's really not a lot because I would like to see 20 carries from Mr. Rashad Penny. That's right. That would be 20 carries from Nick Ballore. Um, <laughs> 160 yeah. yards. No, I am. Um, so who knows? But uh, you actually remind me of a good point. We're talking about Russell Wilson so much. But how motivated are is Noah Fant and Shelby Harris going to be? You know, nobody's talking about them. Right. They they probably feel a little bit. Oh, okay, you got this guy. You don't feel like we're good enough to be. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to motivate an athlete, right? No. And and Shelby Harris could have as much impact on this game as anybody else because he's on the interior of the line. He could Absolutely. have three sacks. Noah Fant could have 150 yards receiving. I know that sounds ridiculous, but if anything. And by the way, Seattle Sports, both. Heward and, and Brock and Salker back like weekly. They have a weekly show. Thank God. I'm and sorry. KJ Wright it has a Wednesday show for an hour on Seattle Sports now. But basically he's part of Brock and Salker. But um, yeah, I mean, and nobody's – they mentioned this today as far as – as far as you know, what what you've seen from from Noah Fant and Shelby Harris, you haven't really you haven't really seen them play very much. But no. Geno Smith and Brock Heward said this today. As far as a quarterback and what their skill set is, yeah, Russell Wilson's better. But Geno Smith sees the middle of the field better than Russell Wilson because he never went to the middle of the field. Geno Smith That's... could find Noah Fant fifteen times in this game true which sounds weird and i know a lot of people especially if for some bizarre reason a, a broncos fan is listening to this is like oh, it's or drew lock he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's no jacob Eason. Um, or sean Mannion. he's not sean Mannion. who is yeah, some some website had had a and I won't mention the website because I don't want to embarrass them. And it, and it wasn't one that most people would ever have heard of anyway, but they had an article and it was titled it's the Duke website. 20, That's, I get it. 26 is the Dukey. It's funny because you, I don't know if you faded off, but you said Dukey and Duke, Duke must own the web, must own, must own the universe as far as web because they just cut you off. You said that and they were like, he said something anti Duke, cut him off. <laughs> this this website not, nothing to do with Duke had an article and it was titled uh, something along the lines of Seahawks waiting to release a 26 million dollar quarterback and like they don't have a 26 million dollar quarterback and it turned out it was about the Seahawks were waiting for another team to release a 26 million dollar quarterback and of course there was a 27 million dollar quarterback and of course it was the guy who no longer is a 27 million dollar quarterback. That which happened like five days ago. It's like way to be on time for the 49ers backup quarterback. It's like, <laughs> why are you publishing this today? That made not much sense at all. So <sighs> when I see stuff like that, it makes me feel better about us because at least we're aware that the 
Seahawks are not waiting to release a $26 million quarterback. That's true. would make no sense whatsoever. Uh, I think this game, I, I do like your score. I'm going to change it up with just a little bit. I'm going to go with 25-20 uh, Seahawks. And you yeah, might go I, 11, I think 11 to 9. Like, no, <laughs> there you go. Yankees yeah. lose. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, we'll we'll finish the show on an anti see not anti Seahawks but different Seahawks thing. I <laughs> how do you think the Dolphins are going to do this year? Anti Seahawks thing. We don't That's do anti Seahawks here. It's not anti. I don't. If anybody's listening, it's not anti. It's, it's just a different. I hope Miami and Seattle face each other in the Super Bowl, but. Todd lives. Todd yes. grew up in in the womb of Don Shula's mother. A lot of people don't know that he lived there for 19 years, and uh, yeah. and then Bud Grant nursed him. He was a wet nurse. I'm not to Bud, Bud Grant, <laughs> professional wet nurse, Bud Grant. I would think that would be very bitter, cold milk. I'm just, it would I don't be. Know. It would be. It would be. Yeah, it would be. It would be very and very small quantities too. Uh, hey, you get what you get, and that's how you learn. I picture they'll have a winning season, but I picture that's all Bud they'll Grant. have. I really wet am nurse. curious to see. Yes, wet, the wet nurse winning season. Yeah, I think that's about all they're going to. The be. wet nurses. There's got to be a minor league baseball team name. So, um, I mean, the, the banana. The, what? Oh yeah, the it's bananas. yeah. So, so I was I was talking to somebody Were last you? week. They, yeah, they, they didn't want me to talk, but I did. I'm sure. Kind of like this podcast, but um, <laughs> exactly like not, this not you, but anybody listening, they're like, can Todd just talk? Because this guy's an idiot. Leave. No, no, no. Um, so last week I was talking to someone, and uh, I this person has had rotator cuff surgery. Can, can you start? Can we start this and do it like Christmas? Walking. Like Billy Crystal? Is that what you said? Um, yes, like Billy Crystal. <laughs> like Kevin Bacon's sister, Billy Crystal. So I have no idea. No, no idea. So uh, this person, anyway, had uh, uh, rotator cuff surgery last yeah. week, actually. And uh, so hopefully they're doing okay. But I was talking to them, and they uh, started mentioning the Savannah Bananas. And I was like, "What? wait a second. And then I realized, oh, my God, they listened to the podcast because it took me a second. Like, why would anybody know the Savannah Bananas? <laughs> I, I'd they, never heard of them before. They, Todd they mentioned them. Base, actually. Yeah. And then then I was like, what? Wait a minute. Oh, OK. That's how they know. So somebody out there. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope the rotator scuff, rotator scuff, rotator stuff went well. Um, <laughs> he scuffed the rotator. He scuffed it. But you can usually yeah, buff that out. Yeah, scuff it up. Out, yeah. Get a free, yeah, get one of those free pads. We get one of those, right those uh, saws, those like table saws. And, yeah. No, I have no idea where I'm going with this. I would do it. That would yeah. do it. Or a yeah. holder. Would you say or Hoda? Hoda Cup on uh, <laughs> yeah, the Hoda. Hoda. Hoda from one of the Milner shows. Hoda. And get your rotator worked on. So, so yeah. you've I've predicted the Seahawks to win 29-27, which of course means they'll lose because I've jinxed them. And you predicted that they will win. Was it twenty-five twenty? Is that what you said? Twenty-five twenty. Yes. Okay. You know, um, Pete, Pete likes those weird scores. 
That's true. And they won a bunch of games with those weird scores. And and as I tweet out every every season, I found this on online somewhere where it's like a graph of each Seattle game. And it's like, hey, Seahawks are on. And then for 98% of it, it's like, oh, my God, we suck. We're going to kill myself. And then the very end is, hey, we won. That's pretty <laughs> much every Seahawks game since 2010. Pretty much, yeah. And, of course, Action Green. That's right, Action Green. Anyway, this uh, podcast has been brought to you by Kevin Bacon. Go see your Kevin Bacon films and show City on a Hill showtime right now. Thanks for listening. Why are you the worst? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.